Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Are you tired of movies with words in their titles? Yes. Then lucky you, because today we have a movie with a title consisting entirely of numbers and letters. I mean, isn't that what words are? Words don't have numbers in them. Some do. Remember that TV show, Numbers? Num three R's. Yeah. Well, this movie has a similar name. It's called 1BR, and it's from 2019. Very exciting. What is it about? This is a story all about how this girl's life got flipped and turned upside down. No, Sully, just take a minute. Sit right there. <laughs> tell you how she became a member of a cult. If you could see the rage on my face right now. <laughs> There's no rage. I'm telling you a story. I can't believe you just did that. She whistled for a cab and when it she came did near, not. she said, take me to this apartment so I can in- take choose it. Take me to it. the asylum on the sea. Yeah, Asilo Del Mar is the name of the apartments that she was visiting and uh, eventually moved into. Uh, which I learned means asylum of the sea. But really, it was asylum, like seeking asylum, yeah. like a refugee would, not... But maybe they were going for a little asylum action. It's possible. Because she applies for this apartment, she gets it, she moves in. It's not great, but the community seems very nice. Oh, it's one of those ones where any normal person is immediately like... What is going on? Uh-huh. No one makes this much eye contact, especially <laughs> in California. Yeah. Well, Lester made half as much eye contact. No. Rude. No. Rude. Yeah, so she she meets this amazing, super friendly, super supportive community in this apartment that is noisy all night long and keeps her awake all night. Messing with her head. And she's hiding her cat and is clearly oh, being yes. caught out. No pets allowed, but she brought a cat anyway. And it's like awkward and uncomfortable for a while. And then she wakes up one night to the quietest smoke alarm I've ever heard. It's very nice. And things ramp up, to say the least. Yeah, they do. What we find, I mean, I was expecting a ghost story. When you tell me the mo- title of your movie is an apartment you know, indicator. It's not right. really an apartment number, but whatever. No, right. It's like, it's like, you know, we have one bedroom to rent. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to hear a ghost story, but no, no ghost. This is a torture movie, but I found it a much more acceptable torture movie than the ones we've been seeing because the torture was like, you have to stand here against the wall or we're going to kill you and you have to stay in this position forever. Well, for hours at a time. And that's real uncomfortable for her, but it doesn't upset me to watch it. So that's nice. Yeah, there were definitely parts of it that were upsetting to watch. Oh, yeah, there were some bad bits. Um, The problem that I had with that was primarily that 
sure, that position is meant to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it is meant to cause fatigue in muscles that you don't often use. She, there's no way she could have stood like that for as long as she did. I know. I feel like she would have been falling down after 20 minutes or something. And and then she wouldn't know. have been able to get back up. Okay, maybe she's a lot younger than me, but like <laughs> my back would have gone out in like an hour and a half. And then that would have been it. Game over. Yeah. It wouldn't matter how hard, you know, how many times they nailed my hands to the walls. I would not Spoiler, be Spoiler, they nailed her hands to the walls, which was some of the more un- upsetting parts of the torture. Yes. The other thing that bothered me about it was they kept talking about her giving in, like, just give Uh in, just give in, and everything will be fine. Do what we tell you, and you'll be rewarded. And I'm like, you keep saying that, but she keeps doing what you're telling her to do, Mm -hmm. and I'm not seeing the reward. But I think in the end, what they were looking for wasn't really something she could choose to do, but it was the point where she kind of faded out and was like, hallucinating and tore herself off the nails that was fun and you know thought she was being rescued and then passed out so like i think that's the give up they wanted which is not something you can choose to do but it's the point where you are broken yeah i mean i i see what you're saying but at the same time like if it had been me i would have been like okay well first of all i don't think i would have been quite as cooperative (laughs) at least not right off the bat like yeah she was scared. All they had to do was cook her cat one time, one and that cook. was it. She just did anything she was told from that point on. Yeah, I was very upset to see Giles the cat get roasted. I feel like there should have been at least a couple times where she was like, there, and you get to the point where it's uncomfortable, and you're like, okay, how bad can it really be? It can't yeah. possibly be worse than the pain in my back right now. And she stops, and they come in and they do something to her. Something but they, terrible. They never did, because no. she never gave them any reason to do anything. So it just, I didn't find it believable how things progressed. Yeah, she was very pliable, although you could tell the whole time she was not quite bought in. But some of the other characters would talk about, like, it was years before I was truly, you know, not just trying to escape. Two different people were saying that. Yeah. Because we haven't mentioned, after all the torture... You get to be part of the community because you're brainwashed. And so all of these people in this apartment building were all cult members who were just bought in. And that was part of the insidious part of it was that there was like a positive side to all this. It was you go through all this torture and then we're we'll take care of you. We'll be really nice to you. Like there was definitely a positive angle. But see, again, James was like... Once you agree, like, once you are a part of our community, there's nothing we won't do to make you happy. And then immediately they marry her off to some dude who just wanted her. Like, And that's just how it is. And that, I'm like, that's, that's not, you're not taking her into consideration at all. Well, solely, she's got to be doing it for the community. (sighs) We are all part of the community. (laughs) Right? It felt like whoever put all of this story together didn't completely understand how humans <laughs> functioned on an emotional yeah. level. Or, you know, maybe those people who were in the cult were brainwashed and that's what they thought that's what they were doing, but really they were just serving the community as a whole and not the individuals. Maybe. And maybe it was because 
they had gotten so far away from the original, like, you know, you make a photocopy of a photocopy and it gets weaker and weaker. Mm-hmm. Like, because they made a huge mistake. Like, James made a major mistake that I recognized as a mistake immediately yeah, when were... he asked Lisa to be the next member of their yes. group. I'm like... You absolutely cannot bring someone that Sarah knew in her past life and who was an inspiration to her in her past life and think that somehow that's not going to trigger her into fighting more. I liked the idea behind the cult in terms of, you know, what creepiness was trying to happen. Yeah. But it didn't feel believable to me. Yeah, I mean, it was out there. I don't know. I I feel more bought into it than that. I'm brainwashed. <laughs> but they definitely made mistakes. They were they gave her a lot of leeway, but it kind of felt like that was their thing was like we know that you're trapped. We have guns and stuff. You're not getting out of here. Eventually you're going to do what we want, so we're going to let you try it and then we'll poke your eye out if we have to. I guess. I don't know. I guess if I were in charge of this cult, <laughs> I would have done things a little differently. Yes, you would have That's all. strapped people to tables and beaten them. That, no, and- I just would have avoided that trigger. Like, you can't trigger someone yeah. who is so newly broken yeah. in that same way. But then maybe that's that's the thing, was like, by giving her that opportunity, she either has to prove herself or you get to poke her eye out. And then she either way, she's like really bought in. Okay, but they were woefully unprepared for what happened. <laughs> they definitely like, were. Like, <laughs> she should not have been able to escape the way she did. Yeah. There were flaws in their system. I would like to... Uh, oh, but... I mean, I have some suggestions about how they could make their <laughs> cult more effective. Okay. Is all. But did she escape solely? Oh, well, see, that is my favorite part of the whole movie. Uh-huh. Let's discuss this very, very, very ending. Okay, so CDE Properties... She gets out of Asilo de la Mar, and she's, like, so relieved. And then she starts seeing the CDE properties symbol all over the place. And we start seeing that there are tons of other developments that are reacting to her escaping this one development. What's funny is that they didn't, like, send people out after her. They just, no. They're just, like, setting just off alarms. their alarms going, someone's out there. Yeah. <laughs> Hope she comes back in. Again, I have suggestions for them. Yeah, but you know, that was a creepy thing. That reminded me, I don't know if I can say this because it's about the very ending of a movie. I know what movie you're talking about. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mikey's yeah. making gestures like... We're playing charades. Uh, yeah, charades. I don't know. I, that would totally give it away. Yeah, so it just it reminded me of another movie that we really liked years ago. That we ago. reviewed a while back, a couple of years ago. Yeah. So that was cool. Another movie this reminded me of very much, even though it's quite a bit different, but still, let me say it anyway. Midsummer. There mm. was the same kind of feel where she was being brought in and being told this is a community and trying to buy into it. Although the difference there is in Midsummer, the main character is like actually buying in. She's like, this is kind of great. And in this one, she was not so happy about it. I mean, I feel like there was a part of her that was actually buying in. Yeah. I suspect if her dad hadn't shown up and given her what she wanted, which was the apology and the, you know, attention and whatever, she would have been bought in more. But then, like, 
the issue, the main problem she had with the outside world, she saw potential to fix it. And so then it's like, well, why am I sacrificing everything if it yeah. could be okay out in the world? That's true. I think that was a mistake as well. I mean, I guess I didn't, I don't know how else they would have gotten around that, but yeah, they were just trying that to was make a turning sure point for her. her. Her dad didn't show up. They didn't want him around. So in this ending where she's running down the street trying to get away, when we got to that point and she's outside the apartment, I thought there was going to be another segment of the movie where she was out in the world and, you know, seeing cameras everywhere and having people look at her funny and realizing this is everywhere. They're coming to get me and like that kind of thing. And it was just like a 30 second scene instead. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think that would have been interesting because there was a whole question of, wait, there's cameras watching us too. Who's behind those cameras? And like, how high does this go? This isn't just us, which was very interesting. Yeah, that was by far, I mean, clearly that was the the key question that caused this story to come into play, right? You know, come into existence. And I do find that question, that premise, very interesting. I was intrigued by the story all along, although I definitely had issues with certain things where I was like, Mm -hmm. that's not how it would go. That's not how people respond to this particular stimulus, blah, blah, blah. So I was kind of like on the fence. And then that piece at the end, that last twist, and I was like, oh, that cranked the score (laughs) up a little bit. Okay, so maybe we should take this a little bit too seriously. All right. Because here's something interesting about this. Now, let me preface this by saying I am a socialist, and I believe in socialism. However, this movie, one could say the whole premise was we have to work together to protect the community and make it work. And if you don't go along, you're no use to us. We have to get rid of you. Like, we have to punish you and force you to stay in line. I.e., you must be forced to wear a mask and get your vaccine. And it's for the good of the community. You have to do it. Oh, if there had been a contagious <laughs> disease in that ab- in that apartment building, they would definitely be wearing masks. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like, I, I'm all against coercing people and torture. And yet, a vaccine mandate is coercion. And I'm in favor of it. Here's the difference. The vaccine mandate doesn't hurt you. Well, there's... Well, but it can. There are very small percentage of people get hurt by vaccines. <laughs> I I don't want to be making that argument, but I mean, I don't know how to argue with that argument. You're taking I don't know it... how to help you out of this corner. <laughs> well, it's not a corner. I'm saying this movie is presenting something here where, like, we do need to coerce people into serving the other people around them. We can't all just be on our own. And yet we do need freedom. So this was too far, I would say. But at the same time, eh, this is what we need to do. Okay. Well, I I don't... I mean, the, the interesting thing about it to me is that what they're presenting as horror is actually how government should operate. Just not as horrifically. I see what you're saying. I think my main hesitation here is that the argument you're making is an argument that people are legitimately using. Like, so like the argument that you're making is basically you're pretending you don't understand the difference between the two. And 
in order to, to make the argument. Whereas there are people out there who legitimately don't understand that having them wear a mask in this stupid <laughs> grocery store isn't the same as putting nails through their hands and making them stand up against a wall. Like, it's they're true. not the same thing in any way, shape, or form. And... As a thought experiment, yes, I see I see the connection, the coercion, but it's not they're not at all the same. And I think the the issue that I have with this discussion we're even having right now is that even pretending or like jokingly making them be similar gives some credence or some legitimacy to the nonsense that's out there about how horrific it is that we are asking people to put fabric over their faces so that people don't die. Because because in the movie, first of all, they were causing harm to them. Absolutely. Not, not one or you know, zero point zero 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 five six percent of people will experience harm. Yeah. Every single person who went into that building experienced harm. Yeah, it was a bad it's bad what they're doing. And for no actual benefit, like no concrete immediate benefit. And the whole vaccine mandate wear a mask thing is the exact opposite of that. It is, but I'm not joking when I say that this is the same. Like, it's very different degrees, but they're expressing the idea. I, what The impression that I get, I think where I'm going, is that this movie feels very conservative, if you think about it. Like, its premise is you can't take away someone's freedom to any degree. I mean, obviously, this is to an extreme degree, and it's not okay. But the movie is about taking away some freedom in exchange for helping everyone to live better. Except they're not. Like, that's the thing. I see what you're saying, and I agree with you. I do feel like this movie has a very strong conservative feel to it, which is weird. But then, like, that's the conservative part, I think, is that... They're saying one thing. They're like, oh, everyone will have a better life if we all do this. And in truth, she didn't get a better no, life out of that. No, she totally didn't. She didn't get any freedom out of agreeing to their rules. Like, And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And like, perhaps, you know, as a woman, and I'm sure there are lots of other people who have more intersectionality where they are the sarah in the world you know like just do what we tell you to do and everything will be fine only it's not fine for them it's fine for the people who want you to do what they're telling you to do yes who need you compliant that's the conservative piece is that it's lies and manipulation and there's no actual benefit that comes from it yeah and why i would say this feels like it's coming from that point of view is that they're like i know we can make a movie that shows what socialism is really like when it gets bad. Yes. Like, th- this is where we're headed in America, and we have to stop it. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm on board with you now. I see what you're saying. Okay, cool. Yes. Absolutely. I have brainwashed you. And it absolutely shows that they have no idea what community is <laughs> or socialism or anything like that. Or caring about other people. Yes. That it's all, like, in their minds, it's always, that there is no way, like, for individuals in a community to truly want to make choices that benefit the community over themselves because they can't fathom the idea of benefiting the community and sacrificing something that they want. You have to be a brainwashed sheeple to start to want to think about 
other people than yourself. Right. Interesting. That's dark. But here's the thing. There were people in there who, I mean, they had been brainwashed, definitely. Definitely. They were were being lied to and manipulated, but individually, they believed the idea of the system of of this community, right? Like, Edie happily gave up her life when it got to the point where she could no longer contribute and she was going to be a draw on the resources for no reason. That was the point where I said, this is like Midsummer. And here's the thing. That, too, is completely flawed when it comes to talking about socialism because socialists don't murder off their elders just because they're no longer productive. But would they go so far as to force you to do a podcast? Because that's what I thought was happening in this movie. I did think that too. I'm like, and then they were asking her about like her sexual experiences yeah. and stuff. I'm like, this is a weird podcast. <laughs> yeah, they were. They tortured her for weeks, and then finally they let her out, and they take her to this room, and they're like microphone. sitting there with a laptop in front of them and a microphone, and they're like, she's like, oh crap, they're gonna make me podcast. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was their lie detector tests. Yeah, or something to that effect. Really, it seemed like the whole purpose behind it within the story was there was a, an opportunity for them to download some information for us. But like for her, it was, we're going to ask her a bunch of invasive questions and also find out, you know, each time they would ask her, do you want to be a part of this community? And that was interesting to watch the progression from her being like, no, to... <laughs> saying yes even though she meant no like the lie detector yeah. was telling like she's not telling the truth but at least she knew she should be lying about it to then her being willing to say i don't know if i want to be a part of this community that's an interesting point there yeah, that, in their relationship it was truth at that point and it was set up in such a way that she felt uh, quote-unquote safe to admit that she didn't know if she wanted to be part like that it was okay to not say she was bought in which is you know was a false safety but still they had they had kind of given her that that yeah. false safety. and that's what i was saying earlier about the opportunities they gave her like they felt secure in all their yeah. violence and abilities that kind of let them keep giving her rope so that they could really buy her in and yeah make her one but that's a much it's less risky to the cult to just tell her things or let her, you know, like be uncertain than it is to let her dad show up in her apartment or, you know, try to... Hand her a screwdriver. Right. There were just... It was a safer thing, but I see what you mean. There was a point where I was wondering if her dad was behind all of this. Ooh. It was before she got out of the torture room. Like, she's in the room and she's being you know, pinned to the wall and whatnot. And basically, they're making her life so miserable. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this all something that was set up? Is this like an intervention sort of a thing that her dad is paying for so that she'll realize He's not so bad. Exactly. (laughs) Which actually makes him really bad. (laughs) Right? So I thought that would be an interesting twist. And then when her dad showed up toward the end, I was like, oh... But it wasn't that. So let me tell you my variation on that. Okay. And maybe you thought this too. I don't know. Because it seemed obvious to me. 
when her friend showed up and got picked as the next apartment dweller, that seemed, you know, highly unlikely and improbable. And then they're like giving her a chance to go interact with her. I'm like, is this a test? Is she totally one of these people and she's been her fake friend from the very beginning? Because <gasps> that made so much sense. That would have made more sense than what actually happened for sure. Yeah. I would have liked that. See, I, that's what I thought too. I thought that would be really cool. Like she was kind of, you know, getting her into this whole thing and kind of helping her along and then providing that opportunity to really test her loyalty that would have been so funny because she was hiding from her friend because they didn't want her friend to know that she was there yeah and then if it had turned out when she came you know like that that she had been hiding from her friend who had returned after being hiding from her her this whole time that would have been fun little spaghetti Artistic. plot but unfortunately that is not what was going on no okay what about lester so lester he's he was one of the ones who said it was like five years before mm-hmm. he stopped thinking about running away or whatever which he never actually did stop thinking about running away Clearly not. or unliving himself because that's how it ended up right but there were good guy moments in him. Yeah. He gave her that book when she still could have left. Yeah. Well, I didn't think of it that way. That could be. But I was thinking that he gave it to her in the hopes of like getting her to learn early so that she wouldn't have to be tortured so much or something. That was what I thought after a while. Like while we were watching, I'm like, oh, okay. So he just wanted her to know so that. You know, save her some pain and agony, whatever. But by the end, I think he gave her that book, hoping that she would flip through it and go, well, this is nuts. Looking around, being like, oh, okay, this is bad news. I got to get the heck out of here. Yeah. I sort of think that was what he was going for. It could be, which would get him in trouble. He was running a lot of risk. But I think it was kind of hinted throughout that he was going to be a good guy. Well, it was set up that way in that, like, introverted trope kind of way where he's, you know, he's missing an eye and has a deformed ear from his torture time and, you know, does the creepy staring from down the hallway sort of thing and all of that. So immediately you're kind of set on edge from him and they're using all of those things to make you feel on edge around him. And then in contrast, she's got her next door neighbor who's this like super hot guy who's, you know, does everything just right and knows all the social cues and, you know, we're supposed to be like, oh, attracted to him, right? Yeah. I was leery of him the whole time. Yeah, I think it was suspicious. Yeah. But, I mean, I did not... I mean, I was expecting a ghost movie for a long time before the torture started. I mean, it started getting weird, and I'm like, mm, something's up. The weirdness of, like, the group gatherings and, and all put me a little in that frame of mind, but... I was expecting him to be this friendly next-door neighbor who was going to probably turn out bad, but not a part of this big cult. Like, yeah, I, I was not expecting what was happening until it happened. Huh. I mean, I didn't expect all the details and everything, but as soon as she walked in that place and they were doing all the, like, everyone was making uh-huh. eye contact and waving and greeting her. And yeah, it I was, was like, creepy. this is not, this is not a normal place. <laughs> well, did you notice how, I mean, they chose her because they saw her exhibiting community behavior. She was immediately supportive of Edie trying to help her when she didn't know her at all. 
And they were like, oh, that's the one we want. Sure. But they also combined that with she was someone who had no outside connections well, yeah. and wouldn't be hard to make disappear. That's and important. Was vulnerable and would be easy to bend to their will. I, you know, I think like any cult, I, I don't think any part of being beneficial for her was really at the core of what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it was their their message, their plan. They wanted to build this great community. So they're like, there's somebody. Of course, they also wanted somebody who could make babies with Lester. See, that's the thing. <laughs> like, there's at no point were they ever really thinking about what she would want oh, or no. what would make her happy. Like, that's the fear mongering that comes from the right when you talk about Mm-hmm. community building kinds of things they immediately go to oh well then nobody can have their own individual thoughts or feelings or yes. anything and it's, it's like thought police no that's not it that's, not, that's it. not it it's not it at all no we just want everybody to have basic needs so that they can then be free to do what they want to do there's nothing about being part of a let's just keep calling it a socialist community that means no conflict is allowed yeah you know like there's that i think that's the thing is they you know they're like everyone does what's best for everyone else it's like okay but there's a lot of discussion around it and there's a lot of disagreement about what that thing is and there's a lot of learning to ask for what you need and hear other people asking for what they need and being able to decipher between here's what I want, here's what I need, here's what you want, here's what you need. How do we prioritize all those things? Yeah. Of course, the reality of it is in the real world that people also need a lot of freedom. And so you can't entirely do this kind of thing where everybody's going to support everybody you you just you can't lock people down like that that's torture so that's not something socialists are actually trying to do no it is not the goal and and thinking it is just illustrates the idea that you have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) and and you don't understand how to be part of a community well which is the really concerning part I didn't know before we started this talk that I was going to rant about it, the movie being an alt-right think piece. So that kind of puts me off and confuses me because yeah. I really enjoyed it. The thing is, though, I'm going to continue enjoying it because, okay, first of all, I strongly suspect it was written by liberal minds because it's one of those things where they're just like, oh, this is edgy. And that's what they did. Yes. But whoever wrote it, what they actually presented is nothing like socialism. It's torture and coercion and it's bad. Mm -hmm. And so presenting that as bad and someone fighting against it and getting free great. That is a positive story that we have enjoyed throughout the centuries. And I'm all for it. And I found this movie very fun. It got very interesting when she was getting deep into the cult and the way that it, like I said, that there were positive aspects to it. So it was like she was being forced into it, but she was also going, well, you know, maybe this is the best thing for me. Like, this isn't that bad. And that was tricky. Like, that's really dark and difficult so that was fun and then every time they spin a new terribleness onto it like 
now you're going to marry Lester. Like, it was very entertaining and it had a cool ending and it was a lot of fun. And I'm all for this movie. I'm going to give it five black bags out of five. You're giving this movie a five. I was going to go a little lower, but then I don't know what to complain about because it was very fun. Wow. Okay. I hear what you're saying about, like enjoying it for what it was Mm -hmm. and i also enjoyed it for what it was i don't think quite as much as you did there were too many things where i'm like that's not accurate solely psychologically accurate solely she broke the pet policy what did you expect to happen (laughs) i mean yeah (laughs) yeah some people have allergies I'm still upset with how their cult is being managed. I just feel like <laughs> you could do it better. I could do it better. I could do it better. The world is a mess and I just need to rule it. That's exactly what James was thinking. I feel like in another time raised by other people, <laughs> I could have made a good fascist, you know? I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> but I was raised in this time and by these people, and I am on the other side of the spectrum. No, I am annoyed by the ineffectiveness and the inefficiency of the system that they had in place, <laughs> right? Like, it just bothers me because it could have worked better. And I don't understand why it didn't work better because they'd been doing this for you're just, 80 years you're just or whatever. You're really upset that she escaped and you wanted her I, trapped forever. No, I'm upset <laughs> by how easy it was for her to escape. Uh-huh. It shouldn't have been that easy. And the only reason it happened is because they made a huge error in deciding who to include in yes. their thing. And it really makes me think that they needed a better like cult management handbook or something. Yeah. I wish she had been a fake friend. That would have been really cool. Yes, that would have totally erased that problem that I have. So there, like, just writing-wise, there were a couple, there were there were those things where I'm just like, it doesn't quite, mm-hmm. it's, the p- puzzle pieces don't quite fit together right. But overall, I really liked the story. On top of the writing issues, I have concerns about what kind of message this movie is actually giving. Regardless of what was intended, there is a layer of supporting capitalism, basically, that goes through there. Not so much capitalism, per se, but, like, anti-socialism, like you've pointed out, that is concerning to me. Like, I can think of, like, five different people who right now are like, oh, so you're for censorship, then. (laughs) No, I'm just afraid. I'm just afraid that those five people are too stupid to understand what the movie's actually about and are going to completely misunderstand it and get the exact opposite message from it. You know, it's the Jeff Foxworthy people. You know, like, yeah, some of his stuff is funny, but then it's also got all of these underlayers of racism and sexism and xenophobia and Mm -hmm. garbage, and that that's what people latch onto, and then that's what gets spread around in the world. I see what you're saying. This movie is concerning to me in that what they were trying to say and what they're actually spreading around in the world are not necessarily the same things. There's potential for that. So, And I mean, that's not censorship. That's wish they hadn't made this, not it should be illegal to make this. Yeah, well, you know, the people who don't think they should be forced to put fabric over their faces because their children's faces were made in the the shape of god's face and they should be able to show that mm-hmm. this is this is a riled up situation 
I don't like people very much. I don't either. We, we should not have left the house today. That was the big mistake the we mistake. made. This is what happens when Sully has to go to the grocery store. Nothing bad even happened. No. Several Just people had masks on. Ugh. Okay, so long, long story short, I'm going to give this movie four out of five. Okay. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt, but I'm taking a full point off, half a point because the writing uh, mm-hmm. irks me, yeah. and a half a point because I don't trust people. Okay. That's, so, that's good. There. All right. Yeah. Whatever. Well, now that we've been through that... I didn't realize that movie was going to annoy me so much. I, I think I started it with my <laughs> alt-right rant. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should not have brought you into the world of socialism versus capitalism. No, I mean, it was it was a good discussion. But definitely it was a discussion I did not handle well in terms of staying regulated. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the evil twins. That is a Japanese movie, which I've seen before called One Missed Call from 2003. There's an American remake, which is apparently terrible. I might have to watch that during October. Okay. But there's also two sequels. That would be fun. This movie is uh, very Ringu-esque, as you mentioned yesterday, in that it's about getting a phone call from yourself two days in the future telling you that you're going to die. Well, the call doesn't actually tell you that, but it... Sounds like you're dying on the call. Right, you hear yourself screaming and... Yeah. And, uh, you know, then obviously that means you're going to die. And then, you know, it gets passed on just like Ringu. So, what did you think about One Missed Call? That premise of receiving a phone call from yourself immediately made me think of a short story by Stephen King that I read a long time ago. In fact, it was long enough ago that I don't remember anything about it (laughs) other than somebody calls an old phone number of themselves and like gets a message and doesn't understand it, of course. turns out in doing some research, it's actually a teleplay that he wrote called Sorry, Right Number. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But it made me think of that. And I I like that idea, that whole that grief or shock or whatever it is causing that little rip in the time-space continuum, which then, like, creates some kind of loop in somebody's life. I I like that. Oh, I, you know, I'll take any rip in the space-time continuum, personally. (laughs) Yes. So, do you think this was done well in terms of space-time continuum rips? Sort of. It's a ghost story, and like most ghost stories, it's flailing around kind of randomly. Like, it's you don't know what can happen, and different things do happen that kind of involve the ghost having different powers at different times. So, you know, it, it's fun. Like, it, it doesn't, doesn't hold up to scrutiny, I don't think, but mm-hmm. I guess it's not supposed to. It doesn't need to, but I, I wish it would. I mean, I think there's a, a an element of evolution, like as you, as they experience or interact with the ghost more often, then things start to change. Like the first mm-hmm. time we didn't see anything, like all we saw was, you know, the first person died, we didn't see anything. Then the next time we see, you know, like the little ripply air around them. Yeah. And then the next time the hair is there. And mm-hmm. so like there's an evolution. So it changes, but it changes in a pattern. 
that makes some sense. Yeah. Yeah, he gets stronger over time, just mm-hmm. like uh, Bartow. Yes. One of the things about ghost stories that I feel are important is that we eventually understand what it is that inspired mm-hmm. the ghost to become a ghost. Like, why are they interacting with the living world? And to what right. purpose? Like, what has caused this and what do they want? Did this movie satisfy in that? Yes. Yes, it had a had a backstory and it put the effort into, you know, diving into that and figuring out who the ghost was and what their deal was. And of course, best of all, a little bit of a mislead along the way sure. of whoops, that's not right. That's had always some of, fun. Some of my favorite elements come into this story. Yeah. I can't talk about them, but they are definitely <laughs> some of my favorite elements. Is that hard candies? Is that your favorite element? Yes. Okay. That's in this story. Those hard candies were like perfectly round. Like those, you can't sell candy like that in the United States. It's dangerous. People die. (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) get hit (laughs) by trains. When a ghost sticks one in your mouth. No, like that was the first thing I thought. It was like, oh, you can't make candy that's exactly like a marble. People will choke to death, (laughs) which is an interesting thing. Like that is... That is the product of me living in the kiddie pool my whole life. Yeah. I I mean, you think about it. There are some, but there are very few candies in the United States that are perfectly spherical like that. You know, the one I like is dinosaur eggs. I haven't had them in 20 or 30 years. They probably don't make them anymore because they're a choking hazard. (laughs) They are. Not as much as jawbreakers, but yeah. That's what I was thinking of is jawbreakers. Mm. Huh. But dinosaur eggs had this, like, chalky center that was mm, just powdered sugar <laughs> with sour powder in it. Of course. Of course. Of course. I liked this movie. I thought it went uh, in a pretty fun path. It also felt like it had about seven endings, which was a little mm-hmm. more than necessary. But along the way, it was pretty cool. Not to spoil anything, but I feel like the bit at the TV station was kind of special in that it took this whole you know, in the dark stuff going on and put it out in front of the light and that didn't fix it. No, it was weirdly morbid to me. They're like, oh yeah, they're like, we're pretty sure something supernatural is going to kill this person. Yeah. So we're forcing her to be on our like reality TV show program. Yeah, they were real physically pushy with her too. Put this all like on live TV. I'm like, Ugh, no. Yeah. Either you don't believe it's real and you're just tormenting her for no reason, or you do believe it's real and you're going to torment the entire country. True. That, now, that was a nice bit of anti-capitalist messaging to put that in there. <laughs> but overall, I thought it was very fun and cool. It was sort of dumb, but it was good. So I give this one four and a half inhalers out of five. You must be in a good mood today. You're you're uh, mm-hmm. giving them very high scores. Did you? Are you feeling sad that our averages are so low so far <laughs> this month? No, I'm just feeling feeling very positive about scary movies. I mean, these were two of the more like traditionally horror movies yes, that we've I seen think, all month. I think that's nice to not just be watching people get chased around with a knife. Uh huh. Um, I am going to give one missed call. Four inhalers out of five, but it's almost like the opposite of what I was doing for one BR, where I'm like, it was really good. Like, it wasn't, there was nothing 
spectacular about it. Yeah. But it was it was a solid, scary movie. I enjoyed it. Um, lots of twists and turns. Lots of little bits that Soli likes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm not giving it the extra point for being spectacular, but I'm not, like, taking a point away from it. I'm not punishing it. It's a <laughs> solid good four. Good job, One Miss Call. Good job. Good job. Good job. Now let's see how Splice from 2009 can do in comparison. I have concerns. Just by, based Just on the name? Just based on the name. Okay. Well, then what you're really going to love, the evil twin, the Wisher from 2002, also known very boldly in, like, some of the cover art even, as Spliced. D. Spliced. I'm glad you explained that because this was going to be the first one where I was like, I do not see the connection between these two. You wouldn't until you know that it's very commonly known as Spliced. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, which is just weird, you uh, think, with something called The Wisher. Like, what does that all mean? I have I have fewer concerns around a movie called The Wisher. But now you know. But Spliced is <laughs> possibly even more concerning than Splice. Hmm. Well, we'll have to see. All right. Catch you later. I'll catch you on the flippity flop. <laughs> Biddy. In my cult, that phrase will be forbidden. I'm not joining your cult. You can't make me. You won't have a choice, because I will make you. You can't make me. I will run away. You cr- you flesh out the character. You make you un you make you make it possible. Oh my gosh! I can't get the words to come out.